how do I begin to intercede effectively? So first of all, I would like to take you into the scriptures and, and, and lead you into why we are here today. Okay, so first and foremost, the meaning of intercession is the most important part. So whenever we hear the word intercession or interceding, it is to stand on the gap. It is to plead. It is to um, make something that was um, not supposed to happen in that way to happen in that way. So in the secular world, there is the word intercession. So judges can actually go for a court hearing where lawyers will be interceding. Okay? They'll be interceding. They'll be interceding. To intercede, where lawyers will be standing in front of the judge and begin to intercede their case. To plead. So to intercede, for example, it's when changing the decision that has been made already or changing a system that has been put in a place for a particular event to happen in a certain way. So when you come and change that event, it means you have interceded. Now, the fact that you have interceded does not mean your intercession is effective. What do I mean when I say that? I said the fact that you have interceded does not mean that your intercession is successful because you can intercede for a particular thing and it cannot happen. So, prophet, how do I grow or how do I reach a level where I intercede for something and it happens? Okay. For example, you are right in town or you are in the village and you want something to happen in a certain location or in another, another place. How do I do it? In prayer. You see, that teaching I taught you about, the reason why you came on earth, it's the most uh, um, um, basic teaching that you should first of all understand, as I said. It is very important to know that you're on earth and that you have dominion and you have the power. I will repeat a little bit. When God was making the world, he didn't make the world for him to rule over the world. When God was making the world, he didn't make the world for him to have dominion over the world. When God was creating the world, he didn't make the world for him to have authority in the world. The Bible says, uh, and, and God said, let us make a man in our own image after our own likeness. And let him have what? Let him have dominion. Okay? So God said, let him have dominion, all right, over the things of the air, over the things of the water, and over the things of the land. So God, when he did that, when God said, let us create a man in our image and let him have dominion over the things of the air, not that uh, let's create a man in our image and we must have dominion in the world. God didn't say that. He actually says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Okay? So God said, let them have 
dominion. So it's not that God should have the dominion. But God said, let them, you, must have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fall of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female. That's in the 7 of, of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply. So you must understand why man was created. God said, be fruitful. God said that. He said, multiply. So God, when he made a man in his image, the whole reason he made him in his image to have dominion. And when God made man for him to have dominion, the Bible says, and God said, be fruitful. Not only that, God said what? Multiply. So you, you came on earth. God brought you in this world to be fruitful. God brought you in this world to multiply. Then God said, you must replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea. So God wants you to be fruitful, to multiply, to dominate. God wants you to replenish. So you must understand why you're on earth. Okay, so when, when God said that, then in chapter 2, God said, so we must, we must make a man. But God had a problem. He said, I will not put a man without an earth. So God made the earth. But there were no trees. There was no rain. There was completely nothing. So God said, I want to put rain. But God said, I will not put trees. I will not put rain in the earth. Why? Because if I put trees, if I put rain, there will be no manager. So first, let me bring in a manager. So in chapter 2, the Bible here says, when you go to chapter 2, verse 5. Can you read it for me? Verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. Now for wait. the Lord... Before what? And every plant of the field... Every plant of the field? Before it was in the earth. Before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field... Okay, so every plant and every, every herb of the field. Before it was in the earth. Continue. Before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Now, what? God had not caused it not to what? To rain. God had not caused it to rain. Say after me. God had not caused it to rain. Say that. God had not caused it God to rain. God had not caused it to rain. Why? Say, God didn't cause... There were no uh, trees. It says there were no herbs. In the whole world, for God had not caused it to rain. Why? The Bible says, the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Yes. And there was not a man to till the ground. There was no man to till the ground. So God, I want to understand this thing here. So God did not cause it to rain because there was no man to till the ground. God would not worst something. When he knows there's nobody to do it. So God, he actually said, since there is no man, I cannot bring these things, you see, to grow. Read again verse 6. It says what? But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Verse 5 
of Genesis chapter number 2, King James Version. And every plant of the field before, before it was it in the was earth. Before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before, before it grew. Before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. So, as I said before, that you see, the biggest reason why there was no growth, the whole reason why there was no growth is because the Bible says God had not caused it to rain. There was no man to till the ground. I can imagine how many things in your life God is not causing things to happen or God is not causing things to grow just because there is no somebody to do it. Did you understand that? So there are things in a life that will not happen until there is somebody who can manage them, who can stand and take care of what God is bringing on earth. I hope you're hearing that. It is very important to understand this revelation. Adam was not yet there. So God said, I'm not going to cause it to rain. You see, the problem we are lacking right now, it's, it's not, it's, you see, somebody said, I want to have a big church. I want to have a big ministry. Somebody said, I want to have a big business. I want to have, you see, all these things. If you want them to be big, then have a manager. Be a manager. Be a manager. Wow. So somebody go like, so me, I am a manager. I got expertise in all these type of things. And I, I think I can do well. And I think I, I'm doing well. I think, hear me. It's not about that. Spiritually, there is also a certain management that God is looking for uh, from his people. When you begin to learn that spiritual management, how to manage some certain things, you see God will begin to trust you with the things of the spirit. There are some spiritual rain that is supposed to rain. There are some spiritual breakthroughs that are supposed to come forth. There are some things that are supposed to grow. You see, there are things that are supposed to expand, but God will not allow these things to expand and grow until spiritually you are ready and available. God said, I will not cause it to rain until, until what? Until somebody has been there. So the six, God says, since I can't cause it to rain, let me do something. In verse six, God is bringing something in the world. Now, what is God bringing? But there went up a mist from the earth All right. and watered the whole of the ground okay so God said since I can't cause it to rain I will just bring the moisture upon the earth so God brought the moisture so the moisture came upon the whole world for a reason verse 7 and God did what verse 7 mm -hmm. and the Lord God formed men out of the dust of the ground so God formed a man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The breath of, uh, the breath of life. And what happened? And man became a living soul. And man became a living soul. Now I want you to stand here as I said before in prior that you see God said I will not bring forth I will not bring forth I will not bring forth a man on earth just like that. For things to grow in the earth, 
For rain to pour out, there must be someone to come and manage it. So there will be no garden of Eden until I bring forth a man. Because when I bring him and things grow, he will manage the things. Listen, why things are not appearing in your life, growing in your life? Because spiritually, God is looking for somebody to manage. God is looking for somebody who can manage these things. Now, verse 8, when God, verse 7, God, he says, and he made man from the ground and breathed in him the, bre the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 8, what does the Bible say? Verse 8, and the Lord God planted a garden. Can you imagine? When was the garden planted? After the man was created. After the man was created. So God could not bring in the garden before the man. Okay? So God could not bring in the garden before the man. You can't be here, but you, you can't be available. God is not looking for people who are here. God is looking for people who are available. And I want you to hear this. God said, I will not bring in a garden until man is made. The day you shall say, here I am, O God. I am available. Not on a revelage. Revelaging something where you, you revelage your spiritual life over some certain things or healing, like, I, I, because I want God to heal me. No. But when you give yourself wholeheartedly and say, God, here I am, O Lord. When you shall do that, when you shall give yourself as a living sacrifice to God and be available for the things of the Spirit. And how do you do that? I just told you, I think, uh, yesterday or the other day, I just said, if you want, if you want to do that, it's when you completely understand that you are on earth on a mission. You are saved so that God can demonstrate his power through you. You are not a mere person in the street. You are a chosen person. As I said, the difference between David and everyone else was that David was chosen. The difference between um, uh, Elijah and the rest of the people in the streets is that Elijah was chosen. The difference between you and everyone else is because you are chosen. When you begin to accept this truth, you will begin to understand more who you are and the power that you have. You are not just an ordinary person. You are not an ordinary human being in the streets. You are the chosen person. There is something special on you that God has deposited on you. So when you are available, it's when your senses and your knowledge begins to accept, to say, I am of God. The Bible says we are of God, little children, and we have overcome the evil one. We are not overcoming him. We have already overcome so it's very important to understand the power that is inside of you and who you are in Christ. God said, I will not bring in things. I will not make things to grow. I will not make it to rain until there is a man. Listen to me. God will not do some certain things in this world until there is a person to stand in between God and the world. God will not do certain things in the church until there is a person to stand between God and the church. God will not do some certain things financially until there is somebody to stand in between God and the finances. And that person is called an intercessor. 
That person is called an intercessor, someone who will stand. So God never calls you to reign until somebody came in. Now, I want to show you something here in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. All right, in the book of Ezekiel 22, verse 30, the Bible speaks something that is very important that I want us to hear. Okay, read it for me. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Chapter 22, verse number 30, King James Version. Mm. And I sought for a man among them. I sought for a man... Okay, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land mm -hmm. that I should not destroy it. Mm -hmm. But I found none. The Bible says I looked for somebody in that land who could stand between me and the land so that I don't destroy the land. But I found nobody. Just hear that. So God was looking for somebody. God was angry. He wanted to destroy the land. So he was looking for somebody who could stand and say, please God, don't destroy it. But God found nobody to stand in between. As I said it to you, if there has to be something to happen, then there must be someone to stand in between God and what he has created. God with what is about to happen. So there are, you see, there are different levels of intercessions that we do. Sometimes God wants to bring finances in the church. Then you come in as an intercessor to intercede for finances to come. Whether they come through you or they come through somebody else. But if for, for those finances to be in the church, God needs an intercessor. For the finances to be in the family, for finances to be in your business, it's the will of God. That's why you came on earth to subdue. But for that to happen, for God to cause rain, for God to cause things to grow in your finances or your, or your family, there must be somebody that must exist and be available. So the Bible says, I wanted to destroy the land, but I needed somebody. Can you read for me? If, uh, do you have Amplified Version? Um, I have NIV, Dad. Okay, read NIV. I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. So I would not have destroyed, but I found none. I looked for, I looked for a person to stand in between. I, I want to say this to you. You're watching me now on TV. You're watching me on any different platform. Some of you on Major One Connect, some of you on Facebook. Some of you on different platforms that you're watching me on, okay? Understand this statement. God is looking for somebody to stand, but God for nobody. You see, the only problem we have is we get somebody who all they do is to intercede for themselves, to, to, to make intercession for, for, oh, I got this problem, I got that problem, oh, I don't know what to do. And so it's just you. It's just you. You are talking to yourself, complaining to yourself. God's looking for such type of people. God is looking for people who should speak to God on behalf of the family, who should speak to God on behalf of the business because you came on earth to subdue the earth. You came on earth to take over. You came on earth to dominate. So God is looking for people who shall make his will appear on earth. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then you should ask for his kingdom to come 
So an intercessor can bring the kingdom, can bring the heavenly presence, can bring the divine purpose and will in a family. An intercessor can call for the power of heaven to go in a particular person. No matter how far they may be, somebody may be 1,000 kilometers away from you, but you can call for that presence from heaven. Thy kingdom come. God is looking for somebody who can bring down the kingdom, who can bring down the anointing, who can bring down the presence. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you can just start standing up and begin to intercede for your family and begin to intercede for your brother who at this point in time, you just look at him and you accept that he's, that's how he is. So you have nothing to do with interceding for him. You got nothing to do with interceding for your children. So God is looking for somebody who can come and begin to intercede for the family. I said, God, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my business. I'm praying for my calling. I'm praying. So you bring the will of God and the purpose of God on earth through intercession, through interceding. That's what the Bible says. God could not cause things to happen on earth until he brought in a man. So God had to stop everything and brought in a man called Adam. After making a man, then he brought in the garden and then he took the man and put him in the garden. Oh my God. God will not bring something on earth without a man. So the reason why you must understand the power of intercession. The Bible says I wanted to destroy the land but there was nobody. I sought. God was not looking for, uh, uh, for anyone else. God was looking for an intercessor. According to Ezekiel 22 verse 30, the Bible said God was looking for one who could pray, who could stand on the gap. And the Bible said God found none. God found nobody. In Amplified Version, do you have Amplified Version? Yes, sir. What does the Bible say Amplified Version? Amplified Version, Ezekiel 22 verse number 30, it says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall, and stand in the gap before me for the sake of the land. Mm. That I would not destroy it, but I found no one, Continue. not even one. Mm -hmm. Verse 31. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. I have repaired their way my bring, by bringing it upon his own head, says the Lord God. So the Bible here says, and because I didn't find any person to stand in the gap, I, the Lord, did you hear that? Because I, the Lord, did not find any person. I didn't find anyone. Yet the spawn right. I decided to destroy the land. So God poured out his anger. God poured out his anger. It was not supposed to happen in that way. The land was not supposed to be destroyed. But the land was destroyed. There was a big problem. And you must find out where was this story happening. So God became so angry. And as God was so angry in that way, what happens? Then one man, he says, no, this is not right. I must do something. In Daniel chapter 9, in Daniel chapter 10, we find out somebody by the name Daniel who says, well, I think enough is enough as a country, as my family, our people are in big problems. I'm going to stand in the gap. 
And I'll begin to intercede and I'll begin to make intercession to God to hear our prayer so that we walk out of this slavery. So Daniel stands and he begins to pray. Now, when you read it from verse 1, you hear a story where Daniel begins to pray. He began to understand from what was prophesied that they were not supposed to be in captivity until that period. There was a word of prophecy. As I was teaching to you yesterday, that it is the word of prophecy that we pay heed, that we give attention. So Daniel paid attention to what was prophesied. It was prophesied that at this point in time, we must not be in captivity. We must move out of Babylon. So he said, since it was prophesied, I'll begin to pray for that prophecy to come to pass in my life. Now, Daniel, we see in this scripture, chapter 10, that he began to do intercessions. But as he was interceding, the Bible records that a spirit, a demon, came in the air to block his intercession, to block his prayer, to block what he was interceding for. So a demon came from nowhere, a spirit came from a land called Beja, and he came and blocked his intercession because there was a particular angel who was descending with a solution after hearing his prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, even Jesus, when he came on earth, he said, my house, it's not for anything. It's not a den for thieves. My house is a house for prayer. So the whole reason why we are having a church, it is because we must intercede and make the kingdom of God manifest upon the earth. If we will not, the kingdom will not manifest. If we will not intercede, the healing will not come down. If we will not intercede, the deliverance will not come down. If we will not intercede, the financial breakthroughs will not come down. We have the obligation, we have the authority and the power and audacity that God gave us to stand in the gap because God is having no control in this world. God controls heaven and he made man to control the world. But man lost the control to the devil when man sinned. And Jesus Christ came back to restore what man had lost. But when he was restoring it, he is not giving everyone. He is not giving every person this restoration of power. He is not giving every person. He is only giving those who accept him as Lord and Savior. For those who received him, we are given power to become sons of God. So if you are a child of God, if you accepted him, if you have accepted him, if you have received Jesus, you have been given the power. So the power is not with everyone in the world. It's with those who have accepted him. Now, the fact that you have accepted him, it makes it now more awkward because you may stand in a congregation where there are people who don't have power and you have the power. In other words, then you have got the access through Jesus Christ to invite the divine power to touch the whole congregation through one man, which is you. You can be in a family where there are no there are no, no people or no anyone in the family who have 
uh, who has accepted Jesus. So in this regard, it is you to stand on behalf of the family and invite the will and purpose of God to manifest to a particular family because you are now standing in the gap. If you're hearing me, somebody say amen. amen. I said, if you're hearing me, say amen. So it's very, very important to understand the power of intercession. It's very important. You are, you are, you are here, you are saved. So you can stand in the gap. God could not make some certain things appear in your accounts, in your businesses, in your spiritual life until there was a man. And that man is you. God has brought in you. You are saved. You have come now in the world. You see, you are a child of God now. So there are things that are supposed to appear. But for them to appear, be available. Because God is not looking for people. God is looking for availability. For those who shall be available and say, God, here I am. God shall appear unto them. Praise be to God. All right. I said praise be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, so in Daniel chapter 10, from verse 11 to 13, we find out that a demon comes to stop because Daniel now says, I will, I will pray on behalf of my people. So Daniel began to pray. Father, we pray that we come out of slavery. Father, enough is enough. We have been in this slavery for a long time. Then a demon came to block with the answer. But Daniel prayed until heaven was aware that somebody is holding the answer of Daniel. Daniel didn't stop praying until heaven, you see, had to again release, depart another angel to go in support. God said, the prayer that he's praying, oh my gosh, you see, he began to intercede, not, on, not, not for him, but he needed deliverance of the, whole, of the whole family, of all his brethren, all his relatives and everybody. But when he began to intercede, there was a spirit, the Bible calls it a demon of Persia. Okay, um, uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 11 uh, to 13, the Bible says what? Can you read it for me? Verse number 11, the Bible said, He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Can you imagine? Then Michael, one of the chief princes, mm. came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Can you imagine? So the Bible here says, you see, your prayers were answered a long time ago. But I was stopped by a spirit. I was resisted for 21 days. So Daniel didn't stop praying. Until the answer came. This is what God is looking for. He will not make some certain things to appear. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if there was deliverance? If God just brought deliverance to the, to the people. I said, okay, there, there's a deliverance. And an angel, angel, come. Take this deliverance. Go and give it them. Then the angel is stopped on the way by 
the Prince of Persia. There was no one to intercede for God to send another angel to come and fight with the demons that we are holding the answer. So there must be a man. There must be you. There must be somebody that God must bring first before God brings up things. The reason why things are not growing in your life, the reason why things are not appearing in your life is because there's no spiritual manager, somebody who will stand and intercede and pray on behalf of the family, on behalf of the company. You take things so personal. You look at your company, you look at your business as if they belong to you, and because of that, you make decisions that are, are completely um, 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 very, very independent. But you must begin to understand that you are not in this world for jokes. You didn't come here in the world to distribute sweets. You came in this world for a purpose. There's a mission. Look at yourself as a child of God. Look at yourself as somebody who is about to do great things and mighty things. Begin to look at yourself not as a failure. Begin to look at yourself not as just a normal person. So God has brought you in the world in order to, to, to do a great thing, a mighty thing. That's what God's looking for you for. You are a champion. You are a spiritual giant. You come in this world, know what you're doing. You wake up in the morning on a mission. You walk down, hey, with a mission. You got a mission. Look at all the great experts of faith we have in the Bible, starting from Daniel, starting from David, starting from anyone you read in the Bible. There was something they did on earth. Whether they were billionaires, look at Solomon, how rich he was. He used his money to build the temple. That was the mission of his money. He built the temple. Until today, there is a temple of Solomon. We talk of the temple of Solomon, the wedding one in Israel. It's Solomon. He used his money for the mission. It's not just like, oh, he had good money. He had money. Oh, hallelujah. Solomon was the richest man in the world. He had money for the mission. He came on the earth for a mission. He was a billionaire to build the temple of God. So you must understand why. Talk of David. David had a mission to help the Israelites from Goliath, from all the people who were trying to invade Israel. Any person you know in the Bible, they had a particular mission. Talk of Mary Magdalene. She had a mission to support the ministry of Jesus. Talk of all the Susanna in the Bible. They had a purpose. They were kingdom financiers. Talk of Paul to convert the Gentiles. What about you? What's your mission on earth? So you must understand that when you wake up in the morning, I didn't just come in the world to be living, to eat well, and then I have no debts, and no, I have no problem now, and then I'm just living nice. That's it. That's not the purpose you come in the world. You come in the world to fulfill the destiny that God has given you. But for that to happen, you need to develop the intercessory spirit. A spirit of intercession and pleading and praying and calling the divine power of God and his will to manifest on earth. So until you begin to do that, you will not see anything. So when you begin to grow in the faith and in spirit, you begin to know that I got so much to do on earth. But they will never appear until I call for the divine intervention. We only call for the divine intervention through intercessory prayer. 
In intercessory prayer, we begin to intercede. We begin to bow down and begin to pray that, Father, in the name of Jesus, I call upon you that, Lord, I want to touch the poor. I want to help your kingdom. And I'm calling for finances. I call for finances in my ministry. Give me the finances to, uh, to help your kingdom. I pray. I particularly give, uh, I give you this business. You mention the name of the business and call and intercede for that business to move in alignment of his will and purpose and the call for his div oh my god the moment you pray that way you'll be shocked how things will begin to turn because you are now on your mission why you came on earth so you pray the bible says you pray and you don't have because you pray so that you may spend what you want for your own reasons uh, somebody came to me and and um, from, from the United States of America as an international visitor, right? So this person said, Prophet, pray for me. I want to win lotto. Hmm. My father, if you give me that number, I, wanna, I will send my tanks. Father, if you give me the lotto number, hey, father, you will know, you know my heart. He came with his wife. Father, I looked at him. I said, okay, anyway. So I gave him the number, the correct number. I said, go, go, these are the numbers. So he went. One year, I, I wasn't seeing this person. So his wife, one time I'm moving, I'm moving at international visitors, and boom, I got this woman. She's like, man of God. She grabbed my hand. I said, hey, what's wrong? Do you remember me? I said, I don't remember you. I'm the one who came with my husband and who gave my husband a lot of number. I'm like, ah, and I'm thinking, oh, did it happen or what happened? <laughs> and she's like, I lost my husband. Man of God, when we left here, we won money. Millions and millions of dollars. I think, I think it was $50 million or something. Man of God, my husband left the house. He went to Barbados <laughs> with the prostitutes. I don't know where he is. He even left me. You see, we, you see, that's not the purpose why God brought you on earth. Can you imagine? And I look at the woman. I'm like, but you said he's going to send the money to the church when, well, I've got to, I can't understand why he did that. Hmm. A year later, I'm again on international visitors. My hand grabbed Man of God, forgive me, man of God. Man of God, I'm the one who won Lotto. I, I took the money to Barbados. All oh, these prostitutes took my money. And some other money I wanted, and I said an investment. I put my money, they told me that I'll make a hundred, whatever, million dollars. I took 30 million and invested it there. They disappeared. They can't pick up my core. I don't know where they are. They took my money. and that, I said, wow, they did well. I said, thank you, scammers. Thank you for saving this man. Can you imagine? February this year, this year, February, I gave another person from Canada. The person won the money again. And he was like, man of God, I have won the money. I'll be sending the money. I, I want to send money. Huh? So maybe he thought I'd be calling him and say, hey, have you sent the money? And I just stayed quiet. And the money, the, the guy disappeared. You see, at this point in time, when you don't understand the purpose of why you came on earth, to you, you think like when I have a breakthrough, I'll help the church. 
Listen, until there is a spirit in you of realizing who you are and what you are, only then you can do it. But because you're looking for money because you're in a particular need, trust you, you may have that will and the zeal to do for the ministry, but the moment you have it, you will not do it. I'm saying this to you, you will not do it. Because it's not a calling. You are not called to do it. You haven't realized your calling. You haven't understood what you, what you exist on earth for. So it's very, very important that when you are on earth, you must understand your purpose. Why am I here? God could not bring rain. God could not bring the trees and the herbs. He said there will be no manager. No one will manage it. So God waited and brought in a man. And then he brought the growth and he brought the rain. For things to appear in your life, for things to appear in your family, God is looking for somebody to appear in the world. And that somebody is an intercessor. Someone who will intercede and pray on behalf of his family, on behalf of his church, on behalf of his country, on behalf of the world. Someone who will change things and make things happen. Someone who will intercede and make great things to take place. It's very, very important and paramount to understand the secret. Very important. You will not be what you want to be without intercession. Intercession is a very, it's a key. God waited for man. God said, I've looked for everywhere. I can't find any person to intercede. Today we want to intercede. We want to have moments of prayer. We want to pray. I want you to stand as someone who God has called and make intercessions and make prayers to God. And say, Father, here I am. Lord, I pray for this to happen. I pray for this to I'm standing in the gap. I pray for my church. I pray for my prophet. I pray for my finances. God, I need your divine power to intervene. I pray that you use me to your glory. I want to be here. I give myself to you. If you have got prayer points, if you have got anyone you know you would like to pray for, you mention prayer points. I have got this person. Father, I pray that you touch this person. Father, I pray that you bless this person. If you have got anything that you want to say, if you want to, you, you must stand in the gap. The Bible says, I looked for somebody who was standing in the gap and I found no one. So you, today is a day of intercession. We're going to have a moment of prayer. Keep on, even if it's repeating the very same words you just said, but you just pour out yourself and know why you came on the world is to change, to subdue, to dominate. That dominion is on your mouth. The power is on you. You can intercede and make things happen in the world just as you want the things to happen. So you can pray and have a moment of prayer. Oh my God. Praise be to God. If you hear me, say amen. I said, if you hear me, say loudest amen. Say again, say amen. If you're following again, say amen. And don't, don't feel like maybe God is not hearing my prayer. Now, in fact, God doesn't need to hear you. He is where you are. He's already listening. Whether you are sinning or you're praying, he hears so what more praying? Don't pray as if God is somewhere in heaven, somewhere beyond the skies. He's in front of you. 
When you are praying, speak as if you're talking to somebody and tell him that can he tell, plead with him to change the situation of your family. Tell him to change the situation of your mother. Tell him to change the situation of your life. Tell him, I'm tired of this. I need you, Father, to intervene. I plead with you. I ask you, Lord, let your power, let your will, let your spirit. Oh, my God. But wherever you are at this point in time, raise up your hands and say these words in the name of Jesus. Say it again. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father. Touch me today. Every area of my ignorance, I acknowledge and I pray that you help me that I begin to know. I didn't come in this world just to live and be happy. I came to change the world. I came to change my family. I came to change my life. I came to change my church. I pray in the name of Jesus to you, my heavenly Father, that pour out your spirit upon me, the spirit of grace, the spirit of supplication, the spirit of prayer, the spirit of intercession. As I intercede for my life, as I intercede for my calling, as I intercede for my career, in the mighty name of Jesus, begin to pray wherever you are, begin to intercede. Begin to intercede, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. Come on, offer your prayer, offer your prayer, offer your prayer, offer your prayer.